Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend over there, Cody Frankel, in his brand new, beautiful Upper East Side apartment. Uh, I'm in Florida right now at my cousin's house in Boca, enjoying the R&R before the season starts. Preseason is like a week away, so we're, you know, at the start, man. This is it. Hockey season's here. We are here. How you doing, Cody? What's up? I'm doing good. I'm absolutely stoked football is back i'm stoked hockey's right around the corner uh did just move apartments that was great time obviously but i i do love the new space great area Mm -hmm. um you know we talk about it a little bit with molly and in a few um but yeah i mean all is good the the yankees are are getting hot again they fell off a cliff from half their team being injured but you know what resilience is key and they took a book out of the rangers uh I took a page out of the Rangers playbook and they have four straight wins. So let me ask you a question on that. Is Aaron judge comparable right now to Chris Kreider? Or is it not even close to dude? It's not, it's not even close. A- no. Aaron judge. So much is, better is without a doubt, the best player in baseball this year. And it's not even close. People can say about Otani and like Otani is a great baseball player. He is one of a kind generational talent. Like, yes, he is having a great year from a pitching standpoint. It is not even close in my, like in my playbook judge out of the 16 major offensive stats. He's number one in like 13 of them. It's just not even close. Mm -hmm. Um, He is going to break the record. He's five away, um, four away from tying it over 20 games left. Like he should do it with ease. Um, this is unprecedented territory. We have not seen something like this since Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know obviously Maris hit the 61, but since Babe Ruth, there has not been a player who have had these offensive type stats. Um, so it's been like 70 years, not including, you know, the, the bonds year. Um, obviously Barry Bonds is an unreal player and you know, steroids, 70, yeah, I mean, regardless, I'm, I've always been kind of a pro steroids kind of guy. <laughs> really? I, yeah. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, what makes the game better? Exactly. Yeah. It does. I mean, you know, it's like if pitchers can put sticky stuff on, why, why can't hitters use steroids? It's if the you same. ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, but that being said, no, I, I do think, you know, judge ha- should have the MVP in the bag. And, um, I think, you know, he without without him, the Yankees would be slightly above 500, and they are like 30 games over 500 in first place. Um, yeah, and they're they're uh, they called up all these young guys, kind of like what the Rangers did a few years ago, and uh, because because of injuries and things of that nature, and they're they're cruising right now. So they're they're coming off some big series wins and. I'm curious to see how they play down the stretch and if they can, you know, figure it out and and really be that championship contender team going into playoffs. And then obviously the Mets are playing well too. I, I know they did go through like a little rough patch pretty recently, but yeah, they got swept by the Cubs. Um, yeah, yeah. Which is, which is not a good look when DeGrom lets up four or five runs to the worst team or top five worst teams in baseball. But 
it, you know, Cole does it all the time for the Yankees. Like you got to just shake that shit off and, and keep moving forward. And I did see the Mets, like, I, I think they won two straight. I, I don't, I didn't see yesterday's game. So I don't know if they played or if they won, but I did see they're rebounding a little bit and you know, they're, they're in a very, very tight contested battle right now with the Braves for uh first of the East. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how it, it plays out. And you know, once, uh, it's getting a little colder here. So, you know, October baseball is right around the corner. Football is coming in. And then soon enough, hockey will be upon us. Will you be at opening night? I want to. We should go. I, 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 got, I got tickets already. Oh, you scumbag. <laughs> well, my friend, my, my friend invited my friend me. And my cousin, uh, what, sorry, what did you say? <laughs> my friend invited me. At, so I, I, yeah, a couple of, I've been talking to a couple of my boys about it. Um, I think I'm going to get tickets. Uh, it's just, who, who are they playing opening night? You're joking, right? No, Tampa. I, I'm kidding. Oh. Um, I was half kidding, but then I realized as I asked the question, um, <laughs> dude, I'm full baseball and football mode yeah. right now. I like haven't paid, not that I haven't paid attention to hockey cause I for sure have, uh-huh. but I'm like checked out until yeah. like once training camp starts next week or this week, actually, right. It's this week. Based well, on- rookie camp's going on right now. Training camp starts. Well, the first preseason game is the 26th. Right. So, yeah. So, training camp starts this week. So, basically, that's when I'm going to start getting locked in and being like, all right, it's it's time. I had my three weeks of the Jets losing, and now let's, let's go Rangers. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited to kind of see all these different battles in training camp, see some of the young kids. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really want Zach Jones, and I know we've – we talk about him a little bit with Molly, but really want a guy like that to, to make our team. I really would like to see him have a fair shot and, you know, hold his own and and get that third D spot. And then basically our entire defense corps are literally kids besides Truba. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no, but, but they're kids now with experience, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, obviously, experience. yeah. Age is, age is, you know, somewhat of a factor in the NHL, but when you get to the conference final, as far as they did, like, doesn't matter if you're a 19 20 21 year old kid like if you're playing that well at you know that stage doesn't yeah. matter like you know I, I i look at these guys now and my whole mindset on them is different just because of what they accomplished last year right like i don't look at alexi lafreniere as a 20 year old kid anymore because he's now you know going to be in his third nhl season and he's played in the eastern conference final so like you know that kind of goes out the window like obviously there are moments when you know he will have a lapse and, and make some young mistakes but at the same time his experience in the NHL now is is way above some of the other guys that have been in the league for five years and haven't made it that far. For sure. So, you know, for I sure. think that's a huge thing going into the season. That's, you know, part of the narrative that we talk about with Molly. So, you know, we don't, we don't want to give up too much about what we discussed with Molly, but a, a huge thing that we also talk about was everything going on with Nils Lundqvist. And, you know, I, I think we can just touch on it shortly. Like, we, we kind of sure. give our opinions. But, you know, obviously you don't want to see a, a top prospect not show up to training camp and request a trade, but sometimes these things happen and, you know, it could be the best for both parties, right? Like he could find a place somewhere else and get more ice time. And the Rangers don't necessarily need him right now. So. The, the thing with Niels, man, and, and you just said it, the Rangers don't need him. So another thing is like, yes, he was a highly touted prospect. Yes, of course, we would love to have seen him, you know, play those 45 games last year and absolutely dominate. Unfortunately, those were not the cards he was dealt. He got mm-hmm. paired with Nemeth. Um, they thought it was a good idea to pair him with the Swede and it really backfired because Nemeth, you know, flat out stinks. Tenorti and, too, I think a couple of games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Tenorti as well for like five or six games. And, you know, I mean, 
it, it just unfortunately backfired. But even so, um, he just didn't show the offensive prowess that we thought he would. And Although really his one liked, goal was a snipe. Yeah, yeah. We, were, were you at that game? Because I was I at wasn't. that game. Oh, okay, yeah, game. It was, yeah, it was awesome. The one goal he had was awesome. But at the same time, I mean, they expected a lot of those. And it didn't happen. And you can make the argument like, oh, my God, he got paired with Nemeth. Nemeth stinks, whatever. But so did Schneider. And Schneider came right in and did his job and didn't complain about it. And also, like, he, he didn't complain about it. And he like held his own. And so it's, it's going to be interesting to really see how that plays out. But I think like the biggest factor to me in the whole Neil situation is like, I'm not tied to him as a player Mm -hmm. because I never really got to see, um, you know, him develop for the Rangers. And also like he happened to get picked right in the thick of the Rangers getting all these stud prospects. So it's like most people you know, would pick and choose like who they liked Lafreniere, Kako, Krabby, uh, uh, e- even, you know, Othman, Schneider, whatever. So like, to me, I'm, I'm just not as tied to them. So I'm fine with like whatever situation they, they settle on. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. And, and I think he, you know, will find somewhere to play and I think he will end up, you know, having a pretty solid career. Um, is there any other stuff you want to talk about before we oh, go into some fan say, questions? You see this sick hoodie I'm wearing? Yeah, that's nice. Very yeah, comfortable so, too. Yeah, it is very comfortable. Um, and that's by my good pal from Blue York. Our pals at Blue York have some awesome merch for sale right now. Uh, it's IamBlueYork.com, and it only gets better because they have an incredible uh, new product line dropping on September 26, right when training camp starts, which is a coincidence. Um, but gear up for the season because this is a drop you're absolutely not going to want to miss. Uh, they have all these different types of comfortable, you know, sweatshirts, sweatpants, sweatsuits now. So they got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Uh, that's IamBlueYork.com, and it's going to be a great line. And get your shirts now, get your pants now, and you know, got to do what you got to do. But that's uh, LFGR baby. And now back to the show. We'll be rocking our blue york merch to the ranger games this year especially when it gets cold out we got those nice heavy sweatshirts that, that are pretty sweet so premium ones too yeah premium I'll be ones rocking too. that like tie-dye one i'll be rocking that one oh you got that one no i don't yeah. i don't i don't, have, I don't roll that way but um you know, <laughs> uh no but uh i got what do i have i have i have a you bunch have everything of, dude I, yeah, <laughs> I have everything except the tie-dye shirt but uh no but mm. in all seriousness it's you know it's really comfortable clothes and uh definitely check it out and uh, yeah, I mean they'll they'll be dropping some some cool uh, some cool products and maybe some discount codes and you know join their uh, Discord and you can get some codes too. Yeah, but before we go into our interview with Molly, we do have a couple of fan questions. Oh wait, what? Freeze! Blake Wheeler got the C taken away from him. That's kind of wild from the Jets. Mm-hmm. What's what's good with that? Have you heard about that? That just happened. These things kind of do happen. If you remember, the Kings also did the same thing. They uh, took Dustin Brown's C off his sweater and gave it to Kopitar a couple years ago. That's, and that's after they won two Stanley Cups. Do you, think, do you think it's like a lack in leadership or like they're trying to go in a different direction? Like that's a dude, if not, I'm Blake not Wheeler a lack now, in leadership. <laughs> I mean, if I'm Blake Wheeler now, I'm like, yo, get me off this fucking team. Well, I think, I think they're already trying to trade him. So that could oh, be. are they? I think so. So that could already be like you know, just a, an early step in the next direction, right. Is to, you know, find who that new leader is going to be when he is eventually not on the roster anymore. So I, I listen, I, I wouldn't like read into it way too much. I mean, obviously I they had, 
Well, they had their own issues last year. Paul Maurice basically resigned in the middle of the season and said, I think this team needs a new voice as a coach. So, you know, who's to say, it hasn't come out yet, but who's to say that Blake Wheeler didn't even say, hey, I think they need a new captain. Like, I, this isn't I me. mean, yeah, I mean, he's, dude, he's on the latter part of his career. Like, mm-hmm. it's just, and he's still a very effective player. I think he had yeah. like 60 points this year or something like that. But I, I don't know. If I'm a vet guy who's been the captain for a team for a long time and they just take the C away from me, um, listen, I get the team's not performing up to snuff and to the level that their fans would like and their brass would like, but I don't know. I, I don't know how much I agree with that move. I think it puts, I think it puts a worse taste in the, in the locker room's mouth, right? Like now you just took it away. It could cause a riff in the kind of in that locker room and, and within the leadership of the team. So I don't know. But it could also be a strategy to like light a fire under Blake Wheeler's ass too, you know. Like it could just be like, hey, like we need someone to step up. Who's it going to be? Like this, this is a team that, you know, a couple of years ago was. Oh, he Western just requested Conference a trade. Final. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, but a, a couple of years ago they were in the Western Conference Final when they lost yeah. to Nashville. Like this, is, they, they've been competing for the last seven to ten years, and they have a, a great goaltender in Connor Halibut who won a Vesna, you know, just two years ago. So yeah. they need just like a. A, a refresh or a new start and you know they got the new coach now they have or maybe not yet a new captain but they might not even name a captain i mean not year. just halibut they have kyle connor too who's yeah unreal i 40 mean 40 plus goal scorer <laughs> if they're naming a new captain i mean i'm naming it him he's 25 years old and the guy's having 100 point seasons yeah he's um, nasty yeah he's he's filth he had he had almost 50 goals this year or something yeah, he's dude. He's been like a forty goal scorer, 30, 35 plus goal scorer, I think, in the last two three seasons. Yeah. And uh, you know, we can kind of shift our focus to the Islanders as well. I know a lot of Islander fans are talking about Matt Barzal. He was quoted on Elliot Freeman's podcast saying that he wants to remain an Islander for his career, and he takes a lot of pride in that. His favorite athletes were like Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, who basically played on one team for their entire career. Obviously, Tom Brady right now is in Tampa Bay, but you know, he was pretty much a lifetime Patriot. Or going to say anything. Um, I know you're dumb, but Michael Jordan also played on multiple teams. But yeah, he played on the Wizards for like one season. Nope, he didn't. He played for like three years, and I'm not even a basketball fan. Bro, what are you doing? But yeah, I mean, the funny thing is about this is that Islander fans right now are like so happy that Barzell said he wants to stay, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure John Tavares said the same thing right before he signed with Toronto. I mean, who, what, what like stud on a team wouldn't unless they're, unless they're like abundantly not happy and, well, yeah. and make it clear to their team that they like want to be moved or something like that. Like no one's going to say like, while they're, while they're getting, I don't want to retire. Right, here. Right. <laughs> like, he just got a di- Didn't he just get like a fat deal too? Like kind of recently. I'm not sure. But also like to that point, isn't Aaron judge like not saying he wants to stay with the Yankees. Isn't that thing? <sighs> we, we don't want to talk about Aaron judge. Yeah. He's, he's listen. I saw red judge Shire. judge has done a lot. No, that's, that's just media. That's not a thing. He's, I, I, you can, I would bet any amount of money right now with you have this on the record that Aaron judge is going to one of two teams. And that is either he's staying with the Yankees, which is the heavy favorite. Or if he does go to another team, it's going to be the San Francisco giants. He's from there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to the Red Sox. He's not going to the Rays. He's not going to the Mets. Sorry, Mets fans. He he's not going there. He's going to either resign with the Yankees or he's going to the giants. But He's a very, very nice individual, and why shouldn't he market himself? He's betting on himself this year. He's having one of the best seasons anyone's ever seen in their lifetime, and 
why why wouldn't he like he he would be unjustifiable to himself if he's like yeah i'm not gonna you know talk to these people he should talk to all 30 you know all 30 teams whatever whatever he's got to do to to get himself as much money as he can possibly get listen at the end of the day i hope the yankees throw him the bag i don't even care at this point like yeah it won't look good on on the back end but a guy like that like you can't let him go like look what the the red sox did with mookie Betts. look what you know the the Braves just let Freddie Freeman go to the Dodgers. Um, you, in terms of hockey, like we see it all the time as well. Like you name Tavares and mm-hmm. you know guys like that. Like you just can't, you can't let that happen. So, for sure, for sure. Do you want to go into the fan questions now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so the first one we got, uh, I think I said it's Sharona nine hundred four last time, but I'm pretty sure it's just like Sharon A nine hundred four. But either way, she wants My to, Sharona. She wants to know what's your honest opinion of the Rangers getting stuck with 15 ESPN games if they're on ESPN Plus next season. From a standpoint of no Sam and Joe, that kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. But from a selfish standpoint for myself, no, I, I still think it would be Sam and Joe. It's just uh, it's just streamed on ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not. It, no, it would be it would be like Ray Ferraro and whoever you know whoever they sure? have positive. I've yeah. watched I watched a ton of games last year on ESPN Plus and it was a local broadcast. It was Dude, just streamed, no, it was just streamed on ESPN Plus. No way. Like, I think in this case the game is just not on MSG Network, but that, like it's that just them. doesn't make sense to me because MSG has Sam Rosen and Joe's exclusive rights. That there, dude. There's no way. There's no way. I, I don't I, I think you're wrong. I definitely sound wrong now. That you I'm you dude, it. yeah. There's no way. Yeah, I definitely sound wrong. <laughs> that would be like that would be like the Mets, right? Because uh, who's the Mets broadcaster? Like Gary, is- Keith, and Ron. Yeah, so that would be like Ron Darling for the Mets, uh, you know, on SNY or whatever channel they play on, like on ESPN, and and you just hear all, all three of them. Like it just, it, yeah, um, yeah. All right, let's let's just forget that I said that. Yeah, but um, no, my, <laughs> but for selfish reasons, uh, I just cut the cord pretty recently, so like. I have ESPN plus, so I'll get to watch them. I mean, not that I can't watch the Rangers as it is. Cause you just on MSG go, but um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very vocal about, about the fact that this ESPN and Turner deal is so huge for the sport of hockey that like, I'm fine with it. I think mm-hmm. getting a team like the Rangers and an original six team out there and marketed to the rest of the world um, you know, 15 times a year, like that, that would be wonderful. So I, I think it'll be good in the standpoint of like a marketability and profitability for the sport of hockey. Um, but for Rangers fans and, and like me and you and, you know, Sharon, um, I, I obviously I would love to see Sam and Joe more than, you know, seeing Ray Ferraro and, and, and people who aren't attached to the Rangers, like we are as mm-hmm. good as they are, you know? The only thing that I don't like about it, and I don't know if it, I mean, I'm sure it'll change soon, but most bars that I go to aren't really streaming ESPN plus. So like if I wanted to go to a bar and watch the Ranger game and it's not an MSG, like they're not going to be able to stream it. Like last night I was actually, you know, I'm in Florida and I wanted to watch the Thursday night football game. Mm-hmm. And I went to a bar with my family to eat and watch the game and they didn't have Amazon prime. So like we couldn't even watch the game. So like, yeah, all these things are just now, you know, that they're becoming, you know, that this, this new kind of media streaming though. So, wars, man. It's crazy. At, at some point, though, everyone's just going to have streaming cable is just going to be gone, right? Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. There's going to be no more cable. So, yeah. You know, I think at some point, everyone's just going to have to join me and, and do it. And yeah, just, just join the dark side. But I don't think it's a bad thing for, for the game itself. Like, I love having ESPN Plus and being able to watch, you know, Columbus play Dallas every night yeah. or stuff like that. So, 
Um, you know, I don't really think it's a bad thing. There are some inconveniences, but like at the end of the day, it's the best thing for the NHL. So um, you know, that's you. kind of all I have on that. We have another one from Matt Crank, and this is definitely a Cody question. Is there a universe <laughs> where we don't trade Heedle? Trocheck is clearly our 2C, and Laugh and Keandre need to get paid. If we find a way to keep Heedle, who ends up with the cap casualty? And yeah. it's funny that he's asking that, though, without even seeing Trocheck play a game yet for the Rangers. Oh, well, I mean, he's not wrong. Trocheck yeah, is our 2C. They literally mm-hmm. signed this guy for seven years, or was it eight years? It was one. Seven. I seven. seven. Okay. They, mm-hmm. Yeah, they signed him for seven years, and they gave him the bag. He is our 2C. Um, I mean, if Heedle plays better, though, who knows? Like, it, no, no. It's, it's, it could be three. I, I don't see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, but not for, you know, the next two, three years. I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, especially since, you know, Trocek is going to put up the points. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, yes, Lafreniere and Keandre both need to get paid for sure. What they get paid is completely contingent on how both of them play this year. There is going to be a cap casualty. There has to be, uh, does, does it necessarily need to be Heedle? No. I mean, if Heedle plays incredibly well this year, the cap casualty might be someone else like Kako. If Kako doesn't play good on that bridge deal they just gave him, he's gone. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. Uh, another guy who you know who's for sure a fan favorite, but he's going to need a new contract too next year, and I don't see them having the money to pay him. Is Ryan Lindgren? I just don't see them having the money to pay him on top of Lafreniere and Heedle. I um Lafreniere and Keandre because both of those guys are going to get salaries probably starting with a four. So, you know, and, and Keandre, I mean, if he has, you know, a crazy season again, like it could be higher. So it, it's tough to try and determine that now because it's, it literally is completely contingent on how these guys play this year. Um, that being said, like if I had to put my money on a player who, and listen, I, I love him as much as the next guy. I would say is probably going to be Ryan Lingering because I just don't see how they have the money to sign him again uh, without mm-hmm. giving up, you know, one of Keandre or Lafreniere, and they're not going to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's that's my take on that. Mm-hmm. No, I thought that was perfectly said. Um, you know, I I don't really have much on that on that question. It's just for me, it's let's see how it plays out, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm it, not a, it's going to be one of three players, and I just yeah. named all three of them. Which one we don't know. It's it's really contingent on how each of the three play, and unfortunately, probably the one who has the worst year this year is is probably the one who's going to be gone. I know Kako has you know what two years, so I know he has mm-hmm. next year as well. But I think at that point it might be you know past the point of return if he doesn't have a big year this year. I think it's it's he's under the gun for sure. It's it's you know the the mic the spotlights on him, and same with Heedle and. I, I want to see these guys perform and I would love to see them perform because if you have to have a cap casualty, like as, as much as that sucks, that's a good problem to have. It means everybody else is, is doing really well. So mm-hmm. no, I, I completely agree. I, I think that was really well put. And and as always, thank you guys for sending in questions. You know, I'm sure we'll have a lot more as the season kind of gets underway now. Send um, it to Molly. Yeah. Let's send it over to Molly Walker. This week, we're very happy to welcome on to the Blue Crew, a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours, someone who probably doesn't need an introduction anymore, but she is a beat reporter for the New York Post. She's the queen of New York sports, and we're happy she's here. Welcome to the show, Molly Walker. Molly, what's going on? Not much. Thanks for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, well, if there's anyone crushing a summer in New York City right now, it's <laughs> you. You've done everything. You're a new resident. You're going to yep. 
training camps, baseball games, and you still haven't found, I guess you have found the ice now. That was like a trend. You yeah. Had going on this yes, time. I know. Actually, I was, I was quite flattered. A lot of people kind of picked up on that and started uh-huh. taking it for their own. So, you know, I was, I was feeling a little bit like a trendsetter for a bit there, but yeah, no, obviously looking forward to, to getting to the ice the entire summer, as fun as it was to do a little bit of a New York sports uh, tour, I guess you could say. Uh, but I love that. I love visiting all the different beats and seeing all the people that I used to see all the time when I first started when I was a GA, just kind of bouncing around. So it's fun to do a little bit of a rounds, but happy mm. to have found the ice again. <laughs> yeah. And, and Molly, since we live in the same area, we'll have to carpool to the games and maybe you can get me a press yeah. pass or something. Cody and I are neighbors. It's it's a little it's a little low key. I could walk to where he is right now. I know. We'll we'll have to hit up some coffee shops and you know talk talk stats. But uh, yeah, for sure. Well, what is your commute to the practice facility? I'm curious because I think you know you can kind of attest to it. You're doing the same commute as the players, so. Yeah, guys- no, for, well, probably not the exact same. I'm, I'm on the commuters train. I'm sure they, mm-hmm. <laughs> they get to. I I know that they. Uh, I always see um like not buses, but, you know, one of those like bigger Mercedes cars, you know, mm. that I think they all um, take together. But it's I did it for the first time the last couple of days. It really wasn't that bad. Knock on wood. I don't mm. want to jinx myself for the rest of the season, but just take a train from Grand Central and uh, drops me off right in Tarrytown Station. And it's like a nine minute drive to the facility. So I just take an Uber or when I'm lucky and uh, my dear colleague, Larry Brooks, <laughs> picks me up and takes uh, me into the facility with him. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Speaking of Larry, I'm I'm going to start this off with uh, sure. some, some Rangers talk here. And he reported that Niels is looking for an out from this team and is holding out of training camp as well with mm-hmm. the hopes of a trade on the horizon. So I guess what's the latest chatter you've been hearing? And do you think Drury will be able to find a suitor by October 11th? Well, it's honestly, it's just that we we obviously spoke to Chris Jury yesterday, and uh, he didn't have an update. Not that he would really provide an update. Um, he's usually pretty tight lipped about that, and he never will divulge any sort of conversations with agents or players, um, which we of course respect. But uh, that's the word. Larry Brooks said that you know it's kind of a mutual decision at this point. Um, obviously, Lundqvist wants a top four role. And um, with his, yeah, I know it is is a little bit. Um, But in reality, though, even if it isn't now, in the long run, Nils probably doesn't have a top four role just because of who's ahead of him on the depth Mm -hmm. chart. And and his thing is, you know, quarterbacking a power play. And you know, the Rangers have Adam Fox and uh, and Jacob Truba as well. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So um, even in the long run. I don't think that that Nils fits uh, in the Rangers organization in terms of what he hopes to accomplish in his career. So better to get out sooner rather than later, I think. Um, Otherwise, you know, you know, he would be marinating in the minor leagues properly. Um, So in, in this case, if he is able to be traded, he would get to start over and work his way up. And hopefully there will be an opening somewhere down the line because probably not right this second mm-hmm. um, but it was his first season in North America obviously it's a different type of game different type of layout and uh, I think that it just didn't translate immediately for him and obviously as the Rangers have a, this problem all the time there's a lot of hype <laughs> there was yeah. a lot of hype yeah. and um, because of that you know when expectations are that high 
it's uh, really hard to, to meet those. So I think that that's kind of went down. And I think that jury obviously put it out there that they want to get some semblance of an equal return. Um, I don't see that happening. I think they'll be lucky to get a top draft pick. And then in that mm. sense, um, jury should pull the trigger immediately. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you definitely make some really good points there. And I guess I wanted to add on a, a second portion to that. Um, you know, this is now the third young Rangers player over the last three, four years. And and you probably knew this was coming. <laughs> this is the third or fourth player over the last few years who have, you know, wanted out. Obviously, we had Kravtsov. Mm -hmm. Glad they were able to mend things. He's back now. And then they also had Anderson as well. So that kind of brings me to the point. I mean, do you think it is more of a character development problem within the Rangers system? Or do you think it's more of these younger guys be having that sense of entitlement and, and kind of, you know, not fully understanding, not, not the team aspect, but right. kind of like looking for more right from the jump as opposed right. to earning it like some of these older players? You know, it's a it's a really good question. And I think it's a little bit of everything that you said. And I think that each case has been pretty drastically different. Obviously, mm -hmm. Leos Anderson, top draft pick, seventh overall. There's a lot that comes with that territory in general for the player, for the organization, everything. Um, obviously, he struggled, but I also think he struggled away from the ice really heavily, as we've seen in, in those articles that came out just about him staying up at all hours of the night to communicate with his friends back home on video games and things like that. And it messed up his sleep schedule. Um, so I think that a lot of what happened with Leos, you know, was, was super unfortunate and, and kind of was a culmination of them bringing a kid over away from home right off the bat, the heaviness of the shoulders with being seventh overall pick. Um, obviously Kravtsov, um, I'm very curious to see how that's going to unfold. Um, mm -hmm. I won't even touch on it because I'm waiting to see. Yeah. Um, and then with Nils, I think that the Rangers learned their lesson with the last couple of, of top picks that you guys have mentioned. I think that they did try to wait with him. They let him marinate in the Swedish league for a while. Yeah. He did. He became the best. He was named the best Swedish defenseman, you know, of the year in 2021. And that was kind of their indication that maybe he could be ready. Um, and, I think that they also brought in Patrick Nemeth, another Swedish guy that they would hope that they would be able to help each other out and he would be there for them. So I think that, you know, they took steps that were intended to make the transition easier for Lundqvist, but I don't think that his game translated as quickly as they wanted and needed it to. And also I think they realized in the grand scheme of themes that they already have a player like Lundqvist in the organization and you know for a, a top prospect like Lundqvist obviously he wants to have yeah, a bigger yeah. role in an organization so I think that um it just didn't it, it just it didn't work out with Lundqvist and yeah. and that kind of happens sometimes but you're right obviously if there's a little bit of a track record here and a little bit of a you know a pattern I guess you could say but I do think that when it comes to Lundqvist the Rangers did try yeah. to do the right things along the way. Um, I just don't think it worked out. I also, I'm on the side where I don't blame Lundqvist. I mean, the, yeah. the only thing that I'll maybe knock him for is not showing up to camp. Like he didn't even give himself a chance to even try to make the team because people forget that he made the roster last year out of camp. Like he mm -hmm. was there opening night. But 
when you're a player and you've had a taste, that's all you want is to play. So I, I don't blame him for requesting the trade. And, you know, to your point, Molly, like a lot of these guys that are playing in front of him are young. It's not yeah. like they're going anywhere. <laughs> you know, like if, if it was a 35 year old veteran defenseman in front of him, he might stick around a little bit longer knowing he'll have a shot. But, mm -hmm. you know, the guys that are in front of him are, you know, within the same age. So like, True, but I, was I just named captain. Yeah. Like you know, that, if that's not a declaration that he's, going to be here for a while mm -hmm. i don't know what is you know yeah, exactly. I think that also exactly. is a pretty glaring uh indication to to lundquist and his camp but as uh, we know as uh members of rangers twitter and and just <laughs> the rangers community in general everyone's going to make a big deal out of this when it really isn't that big of a deal like yeah. is nils link is nils lundquist leaving the end no of the I, I and i literally wrote that it this doesn't upend any of the rangers plans like exactly. he, he fell off the death death chart a little bit he did right. Um, and I think that, I think that because of that, you know, it isn't going to affect the Rangers that much. Well, on that note, uh, a lot of people are talking about whether or not this team got better or worse this off season. I think that's like such an impossible question to answer right now, but I'm curious <laughs> as, to, as to what you think, because everyone's opinion is so different on this topic. Of course. I will say I, I'm a huge fan of the Trocek signing. Same. I really am just in terms of what he'll bring to the top six, just giving them a different look. Um, but I think the top storyline for the Rangers going to the season is how much of their success hinges on the young guys mm -hmm. having breakout seasons and being able to yeah. fill in for guys like Andrew Kopp, Frank Vitrano, and what they brought to the team after the deadline, which seemingly really, you know, cemented what they had and push them onto that run. Um, so I think that they'll definitely be expected to shoulder a, at least a little bit, some of that responsibility um, because obviously we don't know if Chris Kreider is going to score 52 goals again. We don't know if Igor Shosturkin is going to be able to replicate the exact same type of performance, not saying that he won't or that yeah. he will, but we don't know yet, obviously. Um, so I, I do like the Trocek signing just because in terms of, what the Rangers needed to do for that top six group. Um, he brings a lot of uh, different qualities um, in contrast to what they already have up there, which is a lot of skill, which is great. Um, but you need a bit of a, a different look, um, at least on one of the two lines. So I think that he brings that. Um, and then, yeah, it's so difficult to say whether or not they got better because it, a lot of it is almost chancing it on the young guys and um, what they're going to be able to bring to the team this season. No, Cody, no. I'm laughing that she answered like basically your next I, 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 I was yeah. going to say something. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, right when she said the 52 goals and then she uh -huh. said Igor, in my head, I was just like, damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> what I do, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm uh -huh. thinking ahead. <laughs> I, I know, but uh, circling a little bit back to Trocheck, I, I agree. I think he was a great signing. Uh, you know, I mentioned to Johnny, I'm, I'm a big fan right when they signed him and, and going to training camp a little bit, you know, it's, it's basically upon us here. So what would you say is the top storyline for fans to really look forward to? And then also, is it possible we could see any surprises making the team out of camp or, at this point, it's, you know, our, our roster is pretty much supplanted. Me personally, I am just curious to see how things pan out with Kravtsov. Obviously, mm -hmm. with the history there and what happened, I'm, one, curious to hear what he has to say for himself. And two, curious to see where he fits in the lineup and then what he can bring. Because I just feel like it's been a long time coming for him to right. have a significant role on this team and obviously that 
most certainly played a big part in what ha- went down last season. Um, he didn't make the roster at a training camp, and I think he took that personally, and that's fine, um, especially if he was under the impression that he was going to be. Um, but obviously how he handled it um, was not that great of a look. Um, so I'm just curious to – I'm also curious to be in a locker room and just get that sense um, from the team in terms of that dynamic. Um I'm also curious to see how the last spot in the defense works out. Um, I think it's Zach Jones's spot to win. Um, but knowing what we know about Gerard Gallant and what he likes back there, Libor Hayek might be the sixth guy. Don't do that to us. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know, Libor really proved to be a pro's pro last season. It was not easy, I'm sure, yeah. to sit in the press box night after night after night. Um, and be in that true depth role. Um, So I think it would be unfair to do that to him again this season. So that's also why I think he could get the first look just out of, you know, respect for, you know, his history on this team and and also his familiarity with with Gerard Gallant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's the other storyline that I would look out for. Yeah, and and speaking of Hayek a little bit, I, I mean, I know he's still a young guy, but do you think it's safe to say at this point, like, we know what we have with him, right? I mean, I think we know he's kind of like a third pair, fourth pair kind yeah. of guy who, who can come fourth in. Pair. <laughs> I, well, you know, like the seventh. That's in the stands, yeah. my dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, I was trying to be, I was trying to be nice to, to Hollywood <laughs> thing over here, but um. But no, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. And I think that if they are going to do that, they should really look to trade him. I, I do know I heard some rumblings, you know, last mm-hmm. last year and even the year before they were looking around and shopping him a little bit. But yeah. he's still here. He's still the, the kayak is still uh, <laughs> yeah, upstream. So <laughs> but um, but yeah, speaking of that. So at what point this year do you think the next kid would be called up? Someone like a coolie, someone like yeah. an Othman. Right. Um, or someone else. And and if someone does get called up and is here to stay, who do you think it would be at some point this season? Well, I know, diffi- right? Yeah, the difficult situation with Offman is that either no he AHL, gets a yeah. look right out of opening night, mm-hmm. like on opening night, and for a couple games, Larry and I were talking about the possibility if he has a great camp and they're like, we want a longer actual look at this guy, they could give him a couple games at the NHL yeah. level and then just assign him back to the OHL and I'm pretty sure if they assign him to the, the OHL, they can't recall him after that. Like that, yeah. that'll be it. Um, so then for those reasons, it's a tough situation for him because it's really one or the other out of, out of training camp, you know, it's either he earns that look or doesn't. Um, and then it's what he does with that look. If he does end up getting it, that will yeah. also decide the rest of his season. Yeah. Um, and so then because of that, I think that Cooley, would be the first one of the first guys up um, if it, if a forward goes down in an injury situation, um, which I think you know wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world at all because Cooley Cooley looks ready to go. <laughs> I will yeah. say that Cooley, yeah. you just you can't miss him on the ice, especially during this rookie camp this week. You walk right in and he's the first guy that you see on the ice, really, just with the intensity that he that he brings and how hard he's going at these camps he really really wants obviously they all do but he is really from what i've seen going the extra mile to set himself apart Mm -hmm. yeah and it seems like they're not afraid to 
utilize Cooley on the fourth line if they needed to. Exactly. It seems like they're they're fine third, fourth line, something like that. And I feel I I would have to think if you know Othman's making the team, they're for sure not going to put this guy on the fourth line. And then no, I mean it, you you'd think you right, know, I, feel like, right. I feel like we said similar stuff when David Quinn was in charge. For, for know, sure, you, for you sure. Think, but who knows? Yeah, but there would also be like a whole bunch of repercussions to that as well, right? It's like you then need to figure out out of Kravy and Kako and Lafreniere yeah, and exactly. you know, even Heedle, like one of those guys isn't going to end up being on the top nine if that's the yeah, case. And exactly. I, I, I think you're probably right. And that's not a, the, you know, type of can of worms they want to open. So yeah, I definitely, if I had to guess, I, I think that just because logistically speaking, I, I unless Othman has an unbelievable training right. camp and really just turns every head in that management box, mm-hmm. I, I imagine that he, he would go to the OHL. I want to step away from some training camp talk for a little bit mm-hmm. and just like the season in general and, yeah. and get more of a sense of who Molly Walker is as a reporter. Oh, <laughs> no, no, this is fun, fun stuff, fun stuff. But... Queen of the post. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who are, who are some of your favorite guys on the team to interact with? And obviously this season is going to be way different for you because you mentioned it before you do have locker room access this year yeah, for the first time in like three seasons. Finally. So yeah. is that changing your whole mentality and your whole approach to what you do on a day-to-day basis? Like, Can you tell us kind of your, I guess, mindset going into this year? For sure. I I mean, being in the locker room is such a huge part of what we do. And I don't think that it's stressed enough from, you know, people on the outside looking in how important it is Mm -hmm. Um, just in terms of developing the relationship. And with that, you get different sorts of quotes. And it also just brings a different competitive aspect to our jobs in general. We're not all working off the same quotes we have our own you know private conversations and you know ways of of getting different just different quotes you know because it changes who they're talking to you know so Mm -hmm. it definitely changes everything um going into the locker room uh again with the competitiveness and just you know wanting to finally get back to developing actual relationships with these players because the press conference setting is just not natural it's Mm -hmm. impossible to have a normal conversation or make a normal comment or or hey i saw you got engaged like congrats (laughs) like like, i don't know you know like it's just it's so weird and uncomfortable in those situations so the locker room is much more casual and um, I feel like it also helps put players at ease a little bit. It makes them a little bit, you know, less pent up in that setting where everybody can hear what they have to say. Right. Um, whereas when it, they say it just to you, they know. They, and again, that goes back to trust and building the relationship. Yeah. Um, as far as the guys I love interacting with, um, selfishly and biasly, especially this week, love being around Zach Jones and Bobby mm-hmm. Trevino. Um, it was funny. I actually was, I said hi to Bobby the other day. And a bunch of the other prospects were like, I kind of heard them say like, what, what was that? And he was like, you mess, you mess. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. Uh-huh. And that's fine. So um, I pulled Zach aside. Uh, ha- I'm working on a Jacob Truba feature and he's the only guy at rookie camp that's really been around him. So I was able to just mm-hmm. kind of pull him and, and ask him a couple questions so casually and like, you know, just because I'm a familiar face t- to them, which is really nice. Um, and then on the main group, Adam Fox, um, I think I, I had a good relationship with him back when the locker rooms were open when I first started. He was one of the 
only guys in the room that I felt comfortable going up with up to just because I covered him when he was at Harvard and and covered him versus Kale McCarr and, and that whole storyline in college. So I felt pretty familiar with them. And and it is a little bit of an advantage for me because I'm especially with the Rangers. The Rangers are such a young team. Yep, right. Most of them, I'm the same age as like a good portion of those guys. So I'm hoping that'll um, help me in connecting with them and um, just showing that I am also a 25 year old <laughs> living in New York, just yeah. like they are. We just yeah. have to work in the same space. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say, it must be the transition for you guys. Um, you know, I know, Johnny and I were speaking to our good friend Vince a few times and and he was saying, I can't wait to get the access back because it's so crucial for you guys on just like a development level with the players and the coaches and stuff like that. So that's, that's awesome. Um, And I did want to ask you, what do you think the top nine will look like on opening day this year? I know we have all these different kids that, Lafreniere could be on line one, could be on line three. Kako can be on line one, on line two. So I was curious to see what your take is on on that top nine. Yeah, I think if we're going off of the structure that they had in place last season, which is kind of how I expect them to try, oh. try to go the first way, start tinkering with things, um, I would say, you know, you know Kreider, Zibanejad, Lafreniere on the top line, yeah. Panarin, Trocek, Kako. And then I think they'll they'll do a combination of like Barkley Goodrow, Sammy Blay, and Kravtsov for the for the third line, something like that maybe. Um, obviously, you have a couple other guys that are in the mix there too. Um, but I do think that it'll be for the you know the right wingers. Uh, well, I mean, Lafreniere will probably have to go on his off wing, but I think it'll be yeah. Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov, which is a very young right side, <laughs> but. I mean, I just can't imagine that they're going to bury Kravtsov anywhere else. Yeah. Um, And I do think that they want to give him every possible look that they can at this stage in the game and in their relationship. Like, and how beneficial would it be for them if he, you know, becomes the player that we everybody thought that he was going to be? You know, the entire time he's been in the Rangers organization. So he's been that would be crucial for them. Yeah, I mean, he's been one guy I've always just been a huge fan of. I, I think outside of probably Lafreniere in the last five, six years, he was the prospect I was most excited with. So obviously when that all, all that stuff unfolded, I was right. upset and not happy because I wanted to see this kid flourish. And yeah. you, know, you, you could like see in those few games he played for the Rangers, the explosiveness he has, and he just mm-hmm. needs it to like translate. So I think giving him this shot this year, to kind of you know approve it prove it right right exactly also philippito in that third line group too yeah and and my hot take is that philippito is going to be a star this year really i don't know why i'm not even asking you my last question because you're just like (laughs) destroying me here oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) but it's true no i i really you know, I feel like I, I've said it way too many times. It's probably getting creepy at this point. Like, I thought that Philip Heedle just became a different person during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. He, he really, it was right after they went down 3-1 in the first round. And they brought Heedle out to talk, which he's not usually the guy that they yeah, go yeah. to in those short, sorts of situations. It's Truba, it's Kreider, it's Mika those guys and Philip Heedle came in and I was kind of like, 
okay, this is different, a different mm -hmm. voice. I like it. And the way he answered the questions was, I was, I was really impressed. I hadn't heard him speak like that before, that definitively, that, you know, strongly. And then he just followed it up with a tremendous rest of the regular of the postseason on the ice. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think that he gained a lot of confidence from that. And I remember just talking to him in the press conference setting, you know, he, he just made it so clear that it he was so thrilled to finally be really contributing. Um, and he was just so thrilled to really feel like he was playing a part of it, which, you know, wasn't always the case. And he's been here for a while. A lot yeah. of people forget that how long he's been a part of the team and how, how long he's been a part of this group too. Um, so it, it really meant a lot to him. And I think it's going to do wonders for him into the regular season. But then the other side of that is that it adds way more pressure to him going to this year as well. Could. Knowing, it you could. Know, it could. But, I mean, we we all we all love him, so we hope yeah. it pans out for him as well. Like, no, I don't think there's any Ranger fan that doesn't like you. No, he's he. I mean, do you not? Like, no, I was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually um I was critical of Hito for a long time just because I knew he had all this potential and it just so never translated. Potential. Um, that being said, I I did understand he's this young kid, but you know, last year, I mean he's been on this team like almost five years. So yeah. it's like, you know, how long I understand that these kids by the time they finally peak and, and so on, it's, it's around ages 25, 26, but most of them aren't starting on a team at 17 years old. Exactly. So, you know, I, I was waiting and waiting and waiting and over time, obviously frustrations grow yeah. a little bit, but he's also had trouble with injuries too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and you know what? My, my dad is a big Heatles fan. And yeah. <laughs> He will always rag on me because I used to be very critical of him. And, yeah. and uh, I'm sure he had a field day with you during the playoffs. But. Shout out to you, was, Ira Frankel. He was, um, yeah. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was so. one of their top five players the whole playoffs. Exactly. But um, I will say, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. I'm happy that he broke out. And uh, I do think that he's kind of on that type of deal now where, like, mm -hmm. you know, he knows his next contract is coming up. And, exactly. And he's going to uh, do everything he can. I'm sure he worked really hard this offseason to – build on that successful postseason and honestly i hope he does yeah i guess we'll see molly i don't know if anyone's talked to you about this yet and, and i'm trying to I'm, I'm blanking on the exact question but it, it definitely is uh an interesting thing to, to discuss from your perspective mm -hmm. because i remember there being a question that you asked Jar glant about I, I, it might have been lafreniere's ice time yeah where he kind of snapped <laughs> yeah what's up nothing Oh, have you talked about this yet? Because I mean, no. I, that, that kind of like blew up all over Twitter. That, it did. You know, <laughs> it did. But, but you're, I mean, I, everyone knows you're such a sweet and innocent person. Yeah. Like you never try to get like a, right. you know, an angry mm -hmm. answer out of somebody, yeah. but of course. you know, for you as a young reporter going through that, can you talk about your emotion yeah. like in that moment? Are you kidding me? Like seriously, mom, no. seriously, the kid played tonight. No, I, I mean, give it a rest. What, you thought he got I thought he, thought he was fine. Thought he was fine. Like nothing more than Lafreniere tonight. The guy scored some good goals. We played some pretty good hockey. And you're going to bring up Lafreniere again? Give the kid a break. No, of course. I mean, obviously, high emotion uh, mm -hmm. right after it happened. Um, it, but honestly, 
when it was over, it was kind of like a, a welcome to the club moment. Yeah. You know? Like, I feel like every reporter and every reporter that is doing what they're supposed to be doing has that happen to them at one point in time and probably multiple times um, throughout their career. So I think that I didn't take it personally. Um, mm -hmm. And Galant and I actually sat down after the fact and like just cleared awesome. the air. Mm -hmm. um, I think he thought I was coming from a malicious place, and yeah. I, you know, obviously, so not I, you, yeah. Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. you know, I I hope you know that I am very well aware here that you are the NHL coach with NHL experience, and I have actually never been on skates with a stick and puck in my, <laughs> hand in my entire life. So I'm fully aware of that dynamic, um, but I think that you know. It it was it was blown up a little bit more than it had to be. Like it what it just happened to be obviously broadcasted. So I think mm -hmm. that that certainly helps. But really, a welcome to the club kind of moment, almost yeah. like a, a coming of age moment for me in my it, career. So I felt like it was you know it was going to happen one way or another, whether it was now in a couple years, different coach, different team, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I was so, I was going to say it, it it could have been worse. It could have been torts. So yeah, you know. yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I think about how lucky I was to have missed <laughs> honestly. Well, do the do the players ever like contact you about stuff that you write also? Cause I mean, no, 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 mm -mm, no. I, you know, it's fine. I thought you were going to say like something about, you know, seeing that whole thing unfold with, with Galant. It was actually yeah. so funny. I did it. I did a one-on-one -on -one with Truba like right uh -huh. after that. And he came into the room and like, whatever, we just like, shooting the shit can i say yeah. that on here yeah, yeah. And, fuck you want and he was like, <laughs> we sat down and he was like don't ask me about laffy <laughs> and we both just kind of laughed and i was like yeah. oh you got jokes like you got yeah. jokes okay you That's know great. so you know we all you could all have a big laugh about it i mean it's sports it's hockey like yeah. it's not that deep not and that the players do see this stuff like of course they're, they're do. active on social of media of course they do yeah of course with social media it's so much different now um, and you know, I'm sure as much as a lot of guys would say they don't read anything. I, I mean, mm -hmm. it's so difficult not to, I can imagine. Yeah. So, but you know, I would read stuff too. You can't really help it, especially in the way that our society is just right now. <laughs> it's actually funny. I, I saw Jonesy in between periods at game one in the Penguin series. Yeah. I was with my friend, George Mika, who, you know, as well okay, from yeah. UMass. Yeah. So we saw, we saw him in the chase bridge and I was saying, I was like, dude, like, do you see like what people are tweeting? Like they all want you in the lineup. Yeah. He's like, ah, I'm trying to read it, but like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> well, yeah. I know that they're all calling. Yeah. yeah. Of course they see it. It's impossible like, for them not to. Who could blame them? Yeah. You know, who could blame yeah. them? <laughs> all right. I, I think I just have one more here. I wanted to, uh, you know, ask you some rapid fire questions, even though you answered like six of them <laughs> out of the six, but, um, but yeah, so you could just give a quick answer and, you know, let's have a little fun with it. So, uh, first, will Breadman finally break 100 points this season? Ooh, yes. All right. If Lafreniere, Heedle, Kako, and Keandre Miller were a boy band, what would their name be? <laughs> um, that's yeah, Lafreniere, Kako, and, and Keandre, and Heedle, and Heedle. Oh, I would call them probably something like. The Four Musketeers. It would be something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking of the Strangers with a capital R. <laughs> Dude, there's, I, I, I tweeted this out. I think you tweeted this like at, in the playoffs. The Heatles, like the Beatles. The, the Heatles. Oh, that's 
That's a good oh, so idea. We're, 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 we're proclaiming Hegel as the lead singer. He's the lead. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, too. All right. You kind of answered this one, but who's more likely to replicate their fantastic season, Igor Ooh. or Kreider? I want to say, I want to say Igor, but I don't know. Chris Kreider, he, it didn't, it, last season wasn't a fluke. Yeah. Is basically what I want to say was not a fluke. That was, that was a player who was, who finally like kind of let go of, of all of, you know, the pressure and responsibilities and just played to his strengths and his game. So I really would not be surprised if he was able, maybe not the exact same season, but to have the same kind of impact in terms of scoring. I wouldn't be surprised at all. That that mastery around the net doesn't just go away, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And uh, you also kind of answered this one yeah, <laughs> for me, but um, who's one Ranger you think will have a breakout season this year aside from Philip Heedle? Okay. If we're going beside Heedle, hmm. Let's see. Hmm. Braden Schneider. Hmm. I like it. All right. And last one. At what point in the future do you see yourself marrying Alexi Lafreniere? Oh my God. (laughs) Stop it. I know know how much you love him. Wouldn't that be great to go along with that story? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I love my career. Never. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Thank you. I have uh, I have a couple more as well. My, I, I, I have, I don't know if I should follow it up right now, but mm-hmm. I'll see. What um, you work a lot, obviously with the Islanders as well. Mm-hmm. And you get to see the fans, the fans on both sides, right? So you've seen the Islanders right. have success. You've seen the Rangers have success. Mm-hmm. What would you say is the biggest difference between both fan bases? If there the is fan any? bases, mm-hmm. that's, that's a great question. That's a good question. I think that, I think the Islanders have a lot of pride just because of obviously the four cup dynasty. Um, And I think that, you know, the Lou and Barry era was very important to them. um, Just having such two great big names at the top of their organization. So I think that there's a lot of pride in the Islanders organization and fan base Um, for the Rangers it's just a little bit more fanatic-y. <laughs> it's just a mm-hmm. little bit more like outrageous and outlandish and, you know, just jumping to conclusions. The sky is <laughs> immediately. Right, yeah. um, but that's a testament to the passion. You know, I think that Islander fans are, you know, just have a lot of pride and, and they don't want their organization to be shit on. And, you know, they don't, they won't stand for that because they have mm-hmm. a lot of pride. But Ranger fans are just a, different breed of passion and yeah. craziness which i love and, and appreciate so much <laughs> i feel like when you tweet out the lines for an islander game as opposed to the lines for the ranger yeah. game your quote tweets are like double the amount when it's the yeah. <laughs> yeah no it's really it's true and and it's yeah. quite funny having both followings in my following because mm-hmm. they often go at each other you know? <laughs> like, like the islander fans will be happy to see you know the Rangers are losing or something and they'll make some snide comment. Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's, it's sometimes it's world war three in my mentions, but oh, it's yeah. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. It's the best. And uh, you know, going into this season a little bit too, obviously we've talked about it a lot throughout this, you know, whole interview, but 
for this season to be a success for the Rangers, what needs to happen? Because I've actually, it, I try to be like a little unbiased and I think they're going to lose in the first round. Like that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, <obviously. You're> wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, to, uh, to add to Johnny, what needs yeah. to happen aside from the kids flourishing? Because that's the obvious one. Yeah. So yeah. is there anything else that you think? Or like a result. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know these are good questions. Um, <laughs> aside, aside from the kids flourishing is really a really, really big part mm-hmm. of it. Um, aside from that, um, they do kind of need the replication from, from Igor Shosturkin. They obviously yeah. really do need that. Um, and they also need to hang on to that resilient kind of way about them that they kind of coined in the playoffs. I think that that's a huge trait that they can't, lose sight of or lose, which I don't can't imagine why they would. But um, I think that another layer to it is not letting the new expectations of this season get in the way, get in their mm. head, get, in, you know, you lose a couple games, you can't let it spiral when you are facing such expectations, which is something this Rangers team hasn't had to have hovering over them for for quite some time so you know training camp next week when we do speak to all these guys for the first time the questions are going to be a lot different they're Mm -hmm. not about the playoff mandate like they were last season it's kind of like you know you guys need to make the playoffs like you know how is that it's kind of like you have a huge huge run to live up to you know like can you do it again? You know, what needs to happen? That kind of, it's just a different type of tone. Um, and I think that that's never easy to, to shoulder and to carry around. I feel like it makes it much easier to slide during the regular season when things aren't going well. Mm-hmm. Um, so that goes back to hanging on to that resilient kind of trait and knowing what they're capable of and knowing that they are capable of replicating it. Um, so I think it's it's going to be a, a mental thing for the Rangers, too. I think it's going to be have to be one collective mindset. Um, but that's kind of like a long winded answer. And, and a uh, little, perfect. I'm kind of, the, my, the my dog did not right. like that answer. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, you know what? I thought it was a pretty good one. I I think that, I think that I I do really do think that um, because they have the tools, the same guys are, are back except for Ryan Strome, you know, essentially, obviously not the deadline guys, but they, you know, they got through the regular majority of the regular season without those deadline guys and they finish second in the Metro, which I also think will be huge to do again. You know, they'd obviously don't want to draw, the lightning in the first round or, you know, like that type of those types of teams right away. Um, so I think that it all plays a big part into it, but I'm excited. This is going to be, it's going to be because there's such a different narrative around the team. I think it'll be really interesting to see how it unfolds. Agreed. For sure. And I, I think it's also, um, yes, I think that was a good answer despite <laughs> what, despite what my dog thinks, but um, <laughs> I do, I do also think it's really important to see, Panarin and Trocek have that instant chemistry. Sure. Um, you know, he had it with Strom. I mean, he, he had it with Copper. Mm-hmm. I I assume he's going to fit right in with Tro, yeah. but I I do think Trocek's incredibly important in this offense moving forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, For we just sure. gave him a very big contract, and we need him to kind of live up to that bill and sure. you know slide right in there as well. So, and my final question is not for the reporter, Molly Walker, for the New York City resident, Molly Walker. 
I have a first date on Friday night with a girl. Ooh. What are some of Molly Walker's do's and don'ts on a first date in New York City? Do's and don'ts. Wow. That's a good one. All right. Well, this is what I've, I'm experiencing now in the city. It's <laughs> like a whole different dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, it would be re- if you are meeting someplace like in the middle, it would be really nice to offer to pay for at least one of her Ubers, taxi cabs, mm. either there or back. That's a really mm-hmm. nice gesture and will go a long way. <laughs> I'm literally like telling broadcasting how to woo Molly Walker. We're going to have guys in your DMs now. Like. <laughs> Pay for one of the transportations. You don't have to do uh-huh. both. That's a little, you know, I, I, I wouldn't expect that. But one is a very, very nice gesture. Well, you're also coming from the Upper East Side. So That's you're going exactly. To like, I, hate, I hate my $30 Uber down, downtown. <laughs> it sucks. <you> know? uh-huh. <laughs> Help me out what way. Um, <laughs> Um, I think that, you know, if it is possible to go closer to her, that's always very kind. Um, what else? Um, hmm. Hey, forget those, those, those are, yeah, those are a couple your, dudes. Your commute. <laughs> Say it again. This all just seems to be your commute convenience. I know, right? Yeah. Those are a couple do's, couple yeah. don'ts. Um, I guess. Hmm. How many drinks? Two, three? Two at most. Two at most. Two at okay. most. If like you're, if you're just doing drinks. Two's the number. Yeah, two's yeah. the number. Any, I mean, well, me personally, anything past two, like you're carrying me out of here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so obviously, don't want that. <laughs> um, yeah, two, two is the max, and yeah. I think that you obviously want it to be a, a a nice place, or or maybe maybe do an activity, something like that. Taco Bell won't work, Johnny. Sorry. Taco no, well, that's the Taco thing, though. That's, that's a tough one because I love talking about work. <laughs> you know, like, oh, no, he said Taco Bell. No, I oh, said I Taco Bell. I mean, so listen, Molly, we can talk about work all you want. Okay, no yeah. Well, that, but I don't know because not everybody is like that. So oh. it's kind of tough for people like us yeah. who are obsessed with what we do. You know, you don't always want to be talking about work, but I guess, yeah, monitor that. You don't. If it's with someone who's not like that, you obviously don't want to always. But Taco mm-hmm. Bell is always good, too, though. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Taco Bell's great. <laughs> uh, I guess to wrap things up, I don't know if you're aware of this. I became aware of this, like, the other day. But yeah. opening night is Alexi Lafreniere's 21st birthday. Yeah. So are there rumblings about a team party after the game? <laughs> and where can we go to meet up with them? Oh, no. There's no rumblings about a team party <laughs> that I would hear about, like. Come on. <laughs> but I do hope that, you know, they get a win for his birthday and that they celebrate accordingly in Manhattan somewhere because that would only be right. Yeah, that'd be a great night for Donnie, him. let's start spreading the news and just massive Yeah, air bash. Manhattan is throwing a rager for Alexi Lafreniere's 21st. I mean, that's pretty sick, though. Like a number one overall draft pick celebrating his 21st mm-hmm. like, birthday in, in the New big York city. city. Home Not opener. a bad like, gig. Not a, a bad night. gig. He might throw yeah. a hat trick. Yeah. But, but Molly, we want to thank you so much awesome. for doing this. And we'd obviously love to have you on throughout the year. We know your schedule is insanely busy. So, um, you know, we appreciate your time. For sure. Thanks so much for having me again. And get me a press pass. Yeah, got you. <laughs> Let me call my contacts. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Molly. We want to thank our good friend Molly Walker once again for stopping in and shooting the shit with us. We're super excited for her coverage this season. She does an outstanding job with the New York Post, and obviously we're excited that she'll have locker room access too because it'll make her coverage even that much better. 
Um, I, I don't really know if we have much else to talk. Molly's about. just the best, you know? Yeah, she is. She really is the best. She's just, she's just the best. Um, but yeah, no, I don't have anything else to add. Uh, you know, we have some, some big stories that are going to drop these next two, three weeks with these kids, uh, fighting for spots and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing Offman, seeing Cooley, uh, the, the six D man and, a lot's going to happen in these next few weeks. So definitely tune in and, and we're going to have some great coverage for you guys. Some great episodes, some great guests. And uh, yeah, I mean, LFGR. And we'll be giving our preseason predictions for each division. Maybe. Yeah, perhaps. I think we should. And I think we should do like some type of like bet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Another bet. Yeah. More. Bet. And we, we just need to have, we're going to need to ha- have people hold this accountable because we're going to yeah. have so many bets by the time the season rolls around. So mm-hmm. we're going to have to write this all down in your notebook. I have it already. We got so far. We had, uh, I have the devils having more points than the, yeah, I, but I already won that one. So we're going to have to do other yeah. ones. Okay. Deal. All right. I, I bet. I bet. I bet. Uh, <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next week and, uh, we love you guys later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.